When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three, two, one. But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath Welcome away, in, everybody. Uh, Wednesday night. So we're doing Hall something a little bit different here Jim on the Air Cows, Pod and Air NASCAR Icon. Dale, uh, I normally do the Air Kirk Force Pod every on Monday, Wednesday, here. Friday. But a couple of weeks. One, we had a crazy yeah. Wednesday night of college hoops. It felt like there was no need to wait until Friday's show to react to it all. We also have the incredible technology that allows us to go live on YouTube. And so I want to come on. I just want to do about 15, 20, 25 minutes reacting to a wild night of college hoops across the board. Kentucky loses at home to Florida. Just got a text from a Kentucky fan. We're not making it out of the first weekend. We're screwed. I hate my team. So we're going to discuss that. Uh, also, Purdue. I'll be honest, people. I've been watching college basketball for darn near 30 years. I'm getting old. Some grays are coming in. I have never seen a team with a plus 38 foul discrepancy in a game, but that is what happened with Purdue tonight, so we'll react to that. Uh, as we're recording, UConn in a little bit of a barn burner, so by the end of this show, you know we may have the number one team going down. We'll discuss all of that. And uh, last time I checked, the Arkansas Razorbacks were doing pretty well here. They are looking to close out just their second SEC win of the season. Tumultuous week. A lot going on on the internet. People discussing all sorts of things there. By the way, Mike White and Georgia blew one of the craziest leads that I have ever seen. Yes, I bet on that game. So we're going to talk about it all. Quick reminder, if you're not subscribed, like I said, probably every Tuesday and Wednesday night, we will try to go live here. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Uh, drop in any comments or questions. We will get to them at the end of the show. Do that on the chat. If you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. But with that said, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. And let's talk about the story of the night, okay? So if you listen to Wednesday's Aaron Torres pod, one thing that I did talk about, uh, I talked a lot about the idea that I believe that this is the year in college basketball that NIL in the portal has completely flattened the playing field. On Tuesday night, uh, Tennessee and North Carolina, two top 10 teams fall. And on Wednesday, it was very much the same as number 10, Kentucky. Loses at home to Florida in overtime. 80, 94, 91 is the final score there. Okay. So I want to dive into this game. Couple thoughts, but, but, you know, listen, we got a large Kentucky crowd, huge fan base, whatever. It is only right that we do start with the winning team. And let's go ahead and give a little bit of credit 
to the Florida Gators for coming out and getting this win. Okay. So if you follow me on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres on Saturday afternoon, Florida in overtime beat Georgia. And I put out a tweet basically saying like Florida to me, talent wise is one of the top 25 teams in college basketball in terms of pure talent. They have four really good guards, Zion Pullum, uh, Walter Clayton, Riley Kugel, and Will Richard. Their big guys are really good. And I said, look, they're on the bubble. I'm not a Lenardi. I don't do bracketology. But I basically said, if this team does not make the NCAA tournament and there's obviously no major injuries or anything, um, you know, like that that's a failure by the coaching staff. Well, two nights later, three nights later, they go to Rupp Arena and get the win. And listen, everything that I told you this team was capable of, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, I have all the answers, but what did I tell you about this team? Four really good guards. They, they create all sorts of pressure on offense. And this is a really good team. But the one thing they were weirdly lacking was big wins in the moment. Uh, and they got one on, on, on Wednesday night at Rupp Arena. Obviously, the story of the game, the Walter Clayton kid is incredible, okay? And it's funny because uh, he, he was a transfer from Iona, okay? So he was a player who played last year for Rick Pitino at St. John's or at Iona, excuse me. And there was a belief that he was going to follow Rick Pitino to St. John's. I bring it up because I was talking to our Torres on St. John's guy. I said, this is kind of the exact player that St. John's is missing. And if they had him, I was like, I think St. John's is probably a top 10 team right now. Bring it up because this guy just threw dagger after dagger after dagger uh, in this game. He hit a three to tie the game and send it to overtime and really hit the three that sealed the victory. Seven threes overall for this kid, 23 points overall for Walter Clayton. So Florida gets the win. And listen, again, I don't do bracketology. That's not my area of expertise. But this is a team that, that should be on the right side of the bubble uh, come the next Joe Lenardi bracketology update. Uh, and, and this was a game that they needed to win. And by the way, another thing we talked about on Wednesday's Aaron Torres pod was the idea that I thought the SEC was trending towards maybe nine teams, if you include both Mississippi schools, Kentucky, Tennessee, you know, whoever. But Florida was one right on the cusp. They get the win. So credit to them. We got to start with them. But obviously the real story to me is Kentucky. And like, listen, I keep trying to defend this team. I keep saying everything's going to be okay. I keep saying the upside is through the roof. And then you have nights like this where you can't help but be disappointed. Now, I know what a lot of people will say, and I think it's completely fair, by the way. To be clear, I think it is fair. Kentucky was down two starters. Now, you could argue Justin Edwards maybe is, hasn't been the most productive player for Kentucky this year. I get that. But at the same time, you're down DJ Wagner, who I talked about following the game on Saturday at Arkansas, who I really like. Uh, you're down Justin Edwards. And, and obviously, look, you had a chance in, in regulation to win that game. So I'm not here to sit here and say the sky is falling. And it is worth noting. Like, it is absolutely worth noting that right now in this moment, you know, Kentucky was down two guys. But I also have to call a spade a spade and say, like, that is a bad loss, even against a team like Florida, who I believe is an NCAA tournament team. You're at home. I know you're down two starters, but that is a win that you have to get at home. And I think that's the frustrating thing for Kentucky, right? Again, I keep talking about it. I keep hammering it home. In college basketball in 2024, it is so hard to win on the road. So when you have teams on the ropes, when you have teams and you have the opportunity to put them away and you do not do it, that is a bad, 
bad, bad situation because you know how tough it is on the road. Kentucky already has two road losses this year at Texas A&M and at, of course, uh, last week, South Carolina. And so you have to win these games at home and you have to win games that you're largely in control of. That's the thing more than anything that stands out to me is watching that game. It was like a two-point game, a five-point game, a two-point game, a three-point game, a six-point game, but it never felt like Kentucky was not in control until all of a sudden it was in overtime and you trail. Now, if you're looking for some positives from the Kentucky perspective, I guess what probably stands out to me is a couple things is one um, is one from the Kentucky perspective. Listen, Agani Nienzo was unbelievable, okay? And so I'll be honest, I was doing some prep work on Wednesday before this game, and I don't think I realized how good he has been for this team. Did you know that Agani Nienzo, in theory, is in the top 10 nationally in block shots? only he doesn't show up on the stat sheet because he hasn't played enough minutes to register for the NCAA statistics, averaging two and a half blocks per game. Purdue, by the way, or Zach Eady for Purdue, who plays 28, 29, 30 minutes a game, is basically averaging the same. Onyenso is averaging two and a half blocks per game in 14 minutes of play. Well, on Wednesday night, he played a lot because Kentucky needed him to finishes with just an insane stat line, 13 points, 16 rebounds, eight blocks. Listen, Kentucky fans, if I told you you were going to get 13, 16, and eight from Ugo, oh, you would have just chalked up the victory. You wouldn't have even thought twice about it. So from the Kentucky perspective, if you are looking for a positive, this kid was unbelievable. Reed Shepard and Antonio Reeves were as good as they always are. Antonio Reeves finishing the game with 19 points. Reed Shepard with 24 points. Eight rebounds, six assists. Rob Dillingham with 20 points off the bench. If you're looking for another positive, uh, Rob Dillingham banged knees late in the game. You worry about uh, what his injury status is. He comes back in by the end, so that's a positive. But I, I, I do think if there is one thing for me to take away, I believe we are now 20 games into the season for Kentucky. And if I'm not mistaken, they have not had their full roster in any game this entire season, which is really bad. And I think tonight, Wednesday night, proved that, look, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much scoring you have. You can never have too many dudes that can put the ball in the basket. And just being down a guard, having to play some of these lineups that they did, I don't think that it helped. So from the Kentucky perspective, listen, you got to bounce back and bounce back quick. you got Tennessee coming into town on Saturday. Remember, by the way, Tennessee is coming off of a loss. So you talk about a must-win game for both teams. Neither team wants to drop a second straight game. Kentucky, if you lose this game, it would be three and four. You got to get right. You got to get this win. And to answer the text that I just got, I won't call out the name of the person who dropped this text, but man, oh man, oh man, you got you to start picking up big wins, man. It was great you beat Carolina on a neutral court. It was great that you beat Florida in a true road game, but at some point you have to win games that matter on the you know at home when you have the opportunity to pick up big wins. So Kentucky, you're frustrated. I get it. You should be. I don't know what else there is to say. Um I, I'm frustrated for you guys as Kentucky fans because I felt like the win was there to be had. Don't want to take away anything from Florida, but you needed to get the win there. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get to some other results from Tuesday night. I got to tell you, people, did you see what happened in the Purdue-Northwestern game tonight? Okay, so bottom line, for people who do not remember, for people who can't keep all of Torres' beefs and arguments and fights on social media uh, all in line, one, J.J. Redick did block me. That is true. So I don't. he doesn't see anything I say anymore, even though I was proven right. Pat McAfee blocked me for reasons I'm not totally sure of. But do you remember about six weeks ago when – All of Purdue fan, every Purdue fan in America came after me. And it stemmed from a game against Alabama where they were plus 14 in foul shots just a few weeks after they were plus 18 against Tennessee. Um, And and what I said at the time was, I go, listen, nobody's arguing that Zach Eady is not a great player, but you should never, a, a team with equal talent, equal size, equal skill should never be plus 14. And that game was a debacle. Um, you know, Alabama, you know, they followed out like four, five, six guys, all while Zach Eady, I think, finished the game with two fouls. And so I only bring it up to very simply say that a month ago, I had all Purdue fans coming at me, Torres, you do not know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. You know nothing about our team. Well, did you see what happened on Wednesday night with Purdue basketball? Purdue played Northwestern. And the shame of it is Northwestern played really well, and I want to just give credit to them. Purdue did something that I have never seen once in my life before. Purdue was plus 38 from the foul line, okay? For people who aren't good at math, they shot 46 free throws. Northwestern shot eight. And on top, by the way, it still went to overtime. 
So Northwestern, despite, I think, going into overtime, it was like 36 to, to 5. At one point, it was 33 to 2. Northwestern got followed shooting a three with under a minute to go, which actually forced overtime. I just bring it up because like Purdue fans were all over me. I don't really care. I don't mind fighting the fight. It doesn't really matter to me. But my argument was Purdue games are not refereed fairly. They don't know how to deal with Purdue. They don't know how to deal with Zach Eady. Then you have a game <laughs> on Wednesday night where Purdue was plus 38 in foul shots. Now, a couple thoughts here. One, if they actually could make foul shots, the game would have been over in regulation easily as they missed 17 of those 46 shots. How about that? They missed more than double the free throws that Northwestern even took. That is an absurd stat that I cannot believe, but it just shows you that, listen, I still don't think teams, I don't still don't think refs know how to referee this team on any given night. Haven't seen any quotes yet. We're reacting in real time here on Wednesday night. It's about 10.50 Eastern time. But like, you gotta be kidding me. 46 to eight free throw discrepancy. And it's funny, a couple things. One, I wanna get to Northwestern in a minute. But before I do, thing that stands out, and I keep saying this to Purdue fans, if Purdue fans get mad, Torres, you don't know what you're talking about. You just hate our team, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm not here to fight you. I don't really care. Same time, this is going to hurt them in the tournament because you are not going to get a plus 38 free throw discrepancy in the NCAA tournament. And you know why? Because refs are graded in the NCAA tournament and refs will not advance to the next round if there is a game where one team is plus 38. And so I worry about Purdue, 30 points from Zach Eady. Now, to their credit, they did have other guys step up. Lance Jones played well today. But I just... I. I that's not going to happen anywhere else. At the same time, I should go ahead and give a little bit of credit to Northwestern. I actually thought Northwestern played really, really, really well in this game. That was kind of the disappointing part of all of it was that Northwestern, you know, for people who didn't get a chance to watch them, they, they're really good. They got three guards that can really play the kid Boo Booey that everybody knows, Ty Berry, who had 25 points. And they got this kid, Ryan Langborg, who was phenomenal, 12.6 boards, one steal in that game. And so Northwestern deserves all the credit in the world. They're actually a pretty good team. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. They're sitting at 15-6 and six overall, 6-4 six and four in the Big Ten. Northwestern cannot get the win, but I want to give them credit, man. I thought they were really good, but Purdue, plus 38 at the foul line. I have never seen anything like that couple more results as we wait for UConn and Providence to go final. There's still six minutes left in this game. What is going on? want to go ahead and give a little bit of credit to, um, I want to go ahead and give a little bit of credit to the Arkansas Razorbacks. So anybody who loves college hoops knows um, it's been a weird couple weeks for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Okay. Um, obviously on Saturday, if you watch the, the Kentucky uh, Arkansas game, Kentucky uh, or, or, or Arkansas, they announced right before the game, Devo Davis, a four-year starter, been with the program, three Sweet 16s, two Elite Eights, some of the great shots in program history that he had left the program. And what was kind of interesting was if you watch the game, Jay Billis was like kind of weirdly unapologetic about it, kind of just said the kid went AWOL, you know, the team's moving on, blah, 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 this and that. It was a weird story. Obviously, if you go on the internet at all, there were some really weird rumors going around uh, on, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. We're certainly not going to speculate on that. You know, listen, I, I, I like to, um, you know, look at 
different sides of sports, but there's, uh, to me, there's no place to, to even speculate on stuff like that. But I just bring it up because it's been a tumultuous couple of days and, uh, I give credit to, um, I give credit to Arkansas for bouncing back. They played at Missouri. Now, Missouri is not very good. They're 0-8 in SEC play right now. But Arkansas probably played their best game of the season. They get a 91-84 win on the road. They were up by 19 points at the half. Um, and listen, I, I think it's a lot of what I talked about after the Kentucky game. I said, it's not all doom and gloom for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Like, like I know it's not what people want to hear right now, but... They still have peace. There's a reason that everybody had them ranked in the top 10 coming into the preseason. I think I had them around number 10. I know Trilly Donovan had them going to the final four. Uh, I think winning the national championship. I did not, but, but I thought this team was going to be good. But what I said on Saturday, I said, look, what Eric Musselman has to do going forward, this is what I truly believe. What Eric Musselman does, what his teams have always done, is he has done a great job of identifying who's the guy that can make plays, and then late in games, he just puts the ball in his best playmaker's hands and says, dude, go make plays. And he did it at Nevada with Caleb Martin, and he did it at Arkansas with Mason uh, Mason Jones when Mason Jones almost ended up winning SEC Player of the Year. He did it with J.D. Note last year with Anthony Black. And on Monday's Aaron Torres pod, what did I say? I said for Arkansas to win, for them to get back on track, just Tremont Mark has to be that guy. Put the ball in his hands and have him get to the basket. Have him get to the foul line. Have him make plays. That's exactly what they did on Wednesday night. He finishes with 22 points, 8 of 13 shooting. Got to give credit, by the way, to Mikkel Mitchell. Uh, Makai Mitchell, excuse me. Mikkel Mitchell is the one that transferred out. Makai Mitchell had a great game at 19 points, 14 boards. Every time I turned on that game, he was flying all around the court. Uh, Layden Blocker, a true freshman. When I was down at Arkansas, he was one of the players that really impressed me. He finishes with nine points, three rebounds, two assists. So Arkansas, listen, it's too early to start talking about, you know, NCAA tournament this, what can they do? How good can they be? They're 11 and 10 with this win. Okay. We're not going to go ahead and, and get too far ahead of things with Arkansas here. But I did say, you know, I did an Arkansas radio hit a few days ago. And in that game, I kind of said like, Hey, this is the moment. This is the time where the schedule kind of breaks where you can get some wins. You got at Missouri this on, on Wednesday. You got at LSU on Saturday. Neither of those teams is very good. No disrespect to LSU. It's just a fact. Like, you have to get these wins to get back on track. Then you return home. You play Georgia. You play Tennessee. We're going to talk about Georgia in a minute. But Arkansas, to their credit, gets that win. They're only 11-10. and 10. They're only 2-6 and six in the SEC. I'm not saying anything is fixed long-term. What I am saying is bottom line is that um, – what I am saying is that bottom line, this was a win you had to get to get back on track. They're now 11 and 10, 2 and 6 in the league. I still think there is a run in them, but they had to get the game tonight. They did good for them. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One other result from the SEC. Let me just say this about the SEC. Okay. So I gave out my best bet on whatever night it was on Wednesday afternoon. Okay. My best bet was Georgia plus five and a half at home against Alabama. And part of it was, is that, look, um, you know, we've talked about it on this show. Going on the road in league play is so hard. Everybody has dudes now. This is the NIL era, et cetera, et cetera. Georgia's pretty good. Georgia's got some players. RJ Melendez, transferred from Illinois. Um, you know, uh, the, the Abdul Rahim kid who transferred in two years ago from Virginia is a pretty good player. They have players at Georgia, okay? This is a team that could have and probably should have beat in Tennessee, could have beat in Florida last week. But I said, George is my best bet with the caveat. I don't trust Mike White. Don't think Mike White is very good. And this game was the most quintessential Mike White game that I have ever seen, okay? Alabama played about as bad as any basketball team can play for about the first, I don't know, 28, 29 minutes of this game. As a matter of fact, it was exactly 29 minutes, and I can tell you why. It is because Georgia led by 16 points in the first half. Georgia led by 14 points at halftime, and they led by 11, minute, 11 points with 11 minutes to go. So again, 29 minutes into the game. They led by 11 points with 11 minutes to go, and I'm sitting there with Georgia plus five and a half as my best bet of the night. So basically, if they didn't get outscored by 17 points in the final 11 minutes, they would I, they would win the game and I would win the bet. They got outscored by 20. How about that? They were up by 11 with 11 minutes to go. They end up losing by nine. Listen, there's nothing else for me to say. 
Mike White is the most mediocre coach in all of high major basketball. Okay. He was at Florida forever. I crushed him for year after year after year. People said, oh, he makes the tournament. Yeah, but he always loses like six games a year that he shouldn't. Well, this year he had a double digit lead against Tennessee, blows that lead at home, has a double digit lead with 11 minutes to go against Alabama and cannot pull out the win. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. George is mediocre. Great. By the way, they have talent. Like any other coach in the SEC, I'm convinced. Like Jerry Stackhouse could get that team to the tournament. Uh, Calipari, Rick Barnes, Bruce Pearl, anyone could get that team to the tournament except Mike White. They're really good. Georgia fans, listen, congrats. Big offseason, you know, big January for you. Nick Saban retires. Kirby Smart's still awesome. I hope you enjoy football. I hope you enjoy recruiting because basketball is going to bring you nothing but pain as long as Mike White is your head coach. They were up 11 points with 11 minutes to go, and they lost by nine. You know how hard that is? Insanity. So I'm waiting for this UConn game to go final so we could talk about it a little bit. Uh, let's get to some questions. Do we have any interesting questions, producer Matt, or interesting comments? Let's go. How many SEC teams make the NCAA tournament? Okay, so this is a great question. I addressed it on Wednesday's Aaron Torres pod. If you didn't listen, shame on you. I think the SEC is looking at eight, maybe nine, depending on how things go. So Tennessee, despite the loss the other day, they're in. Kentucky, I know fans are frustrated. They're in. Alabama obviously leads the conference right now, trending towards a third uh, SEC regular season championship in four years. They're in. Our buddy Bruce Pearl, who was on the show Wednesday, they're in. So that's four. Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Then from there, it's where it gets interesting, okay? So one, um, so one, you have Ole Miss. Ole Miss let, me, let me put it this way. The Mississippi schools, they played on Tuesday night. Great game, by the way. Great atmosphere. Tad pad, whatever. For people just joining us, somebody asked how many SEC teams get into the NCAA tournament, okay? So why I bring it up is because we, we've we come up with four right now. And I believe those two, uh, those, two, uh, those two Mississippi schools, they're kind of the opposite. Ole Miss has an incredible record, 18-3 and three overall. They don't have a lot of great wins in the out-of-conference. Mississippi State, on the other hand, is actually the exact opposite. They're 14-7, and seven, but have a couple really good wins. They have a win against Tennessee at home. They have a win against Auburn on the road. They have a couple nice out-of-conference wins uh, to, to kind of hang their hat on, Rutgers and they, you know, whatever. So their metrics are really good. Ole Miss's metrics are not really good. I would guess probably they both get in. South Carolina, by the way, I talked about this on Wednesday show. South Carolina is the surprise of the season. South Carolina already has a win over Tennessee at Tennessee and Kentucky uh, at home. And they're a tournament team. And not only are they a tournament team, I would argue that there may be, possibly, maybe possibly, they might win the SEC. It sounds crazy, and they, they have two losses. They're one game behind Alabama with a loss to Alabama. But what stands out to me about South Carolina, I have not seen a team in college basketball this year that dictates to, uh, to their opponent how they're going to play. South Carolina plays super slow. They make you play in the half court. They make you play their game. They make you play their style. They're going to rebound. They're not going to give second chance points. They're not going to let you get back on defense, or they're not going to let you get fast break points on offense. So South Carolina is a tournament team. I feel very comfortable saying they are definitively in. I would include them in the five with Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee. 
two Mississippi schools. And then I'll tell you, you know, Florida to me is a tournament team, no doubt. And I think they're going to get there. They had a pretty early part of the schedule that was tough in the SEC. They've already played Kentucky twice. They've already played at Ole Miss. They've already played at Tennessee. They played at Missouri, which obviously is a win. Now, in theory, the schedule gets a little bit easier. They play LSU. They play at Georgia. They play, they do have to play Bama twice, but they still have two games against Vandy, a game against Missouri, and a game against LSU. You could argue those are maybe the three worst teams in the SEC, so they still have four games. I think they get in. The interesting one is AM. So I have not seen much from AM that makes me think they're a tournament team, but the metrics love Texas AM. Is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. But the metrics love Texas AM. I saw Lenardi had them like as a nine seed, even after they lost to LSU or after they lost to Ole Miss this this weekend. I'm gonna say eight. I'm gonna say those five I said: Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and I'll say Florida. I think AM is on the outside looking in. All right, really quickly, let's get to one final result from Tuesday, Wednesday night, excuse me. That is the UConn Providence game. First of all, I, I think for people who are just joining us, I think this game started sometime in like 1997. Um, this game went on forever. I think Jim Calhoun was the head coach of UConn when this game started, but UConn gets the win in this one. 74 to 65 is the final score. And listen, I don't think it was anything close to UConn's best effort. As a matter of fact, it's exactly actually the exact opposite. They had the best game of their season, maybe frankly like the most dominant game of the Dan Hurley era, which is saying something on Sunday night in Hartford against uh, against Xavier Sunday afternoon, excuse me, won by, I believe, 43 points, second biggest win for UConn in Big East history. So it shows you how dominant they were. And so I look at this game and I do just wonder, was this a situation where maybe they were a little too amped up from last last sun, Sunday, kind of, you know, uh, glad, too excited to this, to that. Plus, by the way, they're going to Madison Square Garden on Saturday to play uh, St. John's in a big Fox game, big hyped game. UConn fans travel to, Saint, uh, to, to Madison Square Garden, as well as any fan base travels to any building in America. And so I do wonder if this team just just kind of, did not have their best game, their best effort, their best whatever. But that kind of speaks to how good this UConn team is, that at home they don't get their best effort. They beat a good Providence team. Quickly with Providence, let me say this, and we'll get back to UConn. I just talked about like the shame of Purdue's plus 38 foul discrepancy is the fact that, um, that we don't give enough credit to Northwestern. Well, I bring it up to very simply say it, it's kind of the same with Providence because UConn gets the win. The focus is going to be what's wrong with UConn. Uh, you know, they only get the win by nine. Could they have been better? Should they have been better? I think Kim English at Providence is doing a really, 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 really good job with this team. He is a guy that obviously inherited a good situation for Ed Cooley, but lost his best player, Bryce Hopkins, and still has Providence not only in NCAA tournament position, but had them in position to win at UConn in a game where Devin Carter did not play his best basketball. Now, some of that is obviously credit to UConn, uh, but listen, uh, uh, Kim English was a guy I thought, you know, he's like 33, 34 years old. Is he ready for the Big East? This guy is acquitting himself. I think he's done awesome. I think Providence got themselves a heck of a coach. Uh, from the UConn perspective, listen, this is the mark of a really good team. When you can play another really good team, and you don't play anywhere close to your best effort in the game, and you still find a way to win, that's exactly what UConn did. How about this? UConn wins by, by nine points. They shoot four of 23 from the field. 
What's most impressive is the second half effort. They actually were getting out-rebounded at the half. They end up out-rebounding Providence by seven. And I think the big story for UConn, it just shows how many dudes they have that can put the ball in the basket. Because Steph Castle, true freshman, was struggling. Had a breakout game, 20 points for Steph Castle in this game. Also was not shooting the ball particularly well. Two of four from behind the arc. Tristan Newton, 16 points. Cam Spencer, 15 points in the win. From UConn, like, I, I don't think there's any crazy overreaction to this game. They get the win. They did what they had to do. They get the victory, and they move on. So credit to UConn for getting the win in that one. And I'll be honest, I think that's really about it for this episode of the Air Torres Pod. As I said, I think we're going to start doing these every, not maybe not every Tuesday and Wednesday night, but on big nights of college hoops reaction, it feels like there's a, a, a thirst and a desire to talk college hoops. So if you like college hoops, if you like Torres, make sure that you're subscribed both to podcasts, but also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you turn on those notifications so you know when we go live on YouTube. Uh, and we'll try to do these as often as we can. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music. Make sure to rate and review the show. Also, make sure to uh, give us a quick five stars, as I just said. Any questions for the show? Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. But that's all for today's show. Appreciate everybody's support. It is time for me to get out of here on a late Wednesday night. Shout out to Torquay. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick. You F had unblocked me, bro. I'll be back Friday. So how about this? A four episode week of the Aaron Torres pod Wednesday show, Thursday night react Thursday reaction to the Wednesday games. We'll do our standard Friday show, by the way, with a preview of a mega Saturday in college basketball, Houston at Kansas, Tennessee at Kentucky, Carolina Duke plus St. John's UConn. As I just said, I'll be back on Friday. New episode Appreciate everybody's Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.